What's up? Welcome to Bow Down, the teaching ministry of Pastor Chris Tress. First Timothy chapter three, verse one, it says, this saying is trustworthy. If anyone aspires to the office of overseer, he desires a noble task. Therefore, an overseer must be above reproach, the husband of one wife, sober-minded, self-controlled, respectable, hospitable, able to teach, not a drunkard, not violent, but gentle, not quarrelsome, not a lover of money. He must manage his own household well with all dignity, keeping his children submissive. For if someone does not know how to manage his own household, how will he care for God's church? He must not be a recent convert, or he may become puffed up with conceit and fall into the condemnation of the devil. Moreover, he must be well thought of by outsiders so that he may not fall into disgrace, into the snare of the devil. Now, if you can go back up to uh, verse 2 at the end there, right before verse 3, you see it says able to teach. The reason why I had, had you kind of look at able to teach there is because when looking at an elder, uh, that is the only skill that's listed. That's the only skill that's listed. Why is that important with this list of 13 traits? They're all character traits. So listen, God can speak through a donkey. Uh, skills don't matter. What matters is character and Christ-likeness. And so these three gentlemen are going to be onboarded today as elders in our church. Now, just so you know, a few things. Um, If you come here to bow down, the first thing is our church structure. Uh, We do not use the Moses model, which is kind of like the senior pastor kind of runs the church and tells people, hey, this is what God is doing. Moses coming down from the mountain, right? Hearing from God. We believe in the New Testament and the priesthood of believers. And so in the New Testament, if you want to take note, Acts 14, 23, Paul, he puts elders in every single church. And so we are an elder-run church, meaning that I am not the boss, but I'm the first among equals, which means I don't set my salary, the elders do. It means that I can get voted down, and I have multiple times, and I don't like that, by the way, okay? Why is that important for you? Because you're not going to get a runaway train here. We are a group of elders submitting to one another out of love. We do not want yes men coming on the elder board. So I expect some real good pushback and real good conflict from our elders towards myself because the Bible says there's wisdom in a multitude of counselors. It's very dangerous, and some of you may be visiting, you might be church hopping. Wherever you hop to, listen, if the church is a Moses model, that's a dangerous model. Elders running the church is a healthy model. Now, we're also, by the way, not congregational-led. Some of you may come from churches where the congregation votes. Let me just say, we don't do that. If you read the Bible, you see the congregation is usually wrong. So no offense. But there's a lot of examples through Scripture of of the prophet of God having to rise up and confront and rebuke 
the group. So we don't do vote by, right? Now, so how are we getting our elders? Thanks for asking. Acts chapter 6, it's your own time. I'm doing a drive-by here. Uh, church structure is important. How we do, what we do, is it biblical, right? Acts chapter 6. The disciples said to the church, choose from among you. Seven men that are full of wisdom, full of the Holy Spirit, right? Uh, that are of good reputation or above reproach, right? So the call went out to bow down, church, to say, choose from among you whom you want to nominate as elders. And so those names, and there was a whole number of names that came to the elders, and so as they come to the elders, the elders that are doing the job of an elder vetted them. Doctrinal questions. One of the things we do is we talk, I talk to the wives and say, hey, is this guy, is Angel Lydia, does he really, really act the same way he acts at church at home? And Lydia said, yes. Okay? So we're going to let Angel on, right? Because the wife said he's managing his home well. And so we have a vetting process. There's doctrinal questions. What do you believe about the word of God? What do you, right? So those are things where we vet those who come on. And then what we did is we put up these pictures two weeks ago, and we said to you, look at 1 Timothy chapter 3, which I just read. Does do these guys right? Are they living this? Does anybody have any concerns, any sin issues specifically that would cause us to say, you cannot be an elder? So again, we asked for the church's feedback on that, and there was nobody that came forward accusing these guys of any wrongdoing, so these are above reproach in the church's eyes. So that's kind of the process of how we do what we do. Capiche? All right, let's go to Acts chapter 20, please. Now, this is for you, church, because you need to know this stuff, but this is also for elders. And by the way, there was a bunch of people's names that, that um, uh, were nominated as elders, but because of different seasons or, um, you know, maybe, maybe it's the wrong timing, they were not willing to make the five-year commitment to, to, to be an elder. And so, again, um, there was a, a bunch of people nominated, but... but these are the, the three that comes. Now, this is for you, church, um, so that you can kind of understand the elders' role and what they're supposed to do. But this is also for the elders as well as we fill that position. Acts chapter 20, verse 17. Paul, by the way, just planted this church in Ephesus, and he was there for three years. He was at Ephesus for three years, and he's leaving and you see here in verse 17 that he appoints what? These elders. There's elders in the church that he planted, all right? Um, now, from Elitus, he sent to Ephesus, and he called the elders of the church to come to him. So again, why wasn't the whole church called? Why? It's because elders are in place to oversee the flock of God. Verse 18, and when they came to him, they said to him, you yourselves know how I lived among you the whole time for the first day that I set foot in Asia, serving the Lord with all humility, 
with tears, with trials that happened to me through the plots of the Jews, how I did not shrink back from declaring to you what was profitable and teaching you in public and from house to house. And so you see here that Paul was this guy that was teaching, that he taught with humility, and he didn't shrink back from declaring anything, but he spoke the truth from the word of God. This is extremely important for an elder to have a hold of the whole counsel of Scripture so that we don't get off, we don't bend, we don't move away from the holy word of God, that we're anchored to that. And this is why it's very dangerous to have a Moses model because unfortunately, a pastor that really, really affected my life was operating his church out of a Moses model and all of a sudden he started to slide off the word of God and disqualified himself by committing adultery and falling into other things like that. It is very, very dangerous if you do not have counselors and seasoned saints around you speaking into your life. And again, it's why we're an elder-run church. So if you have a problem with bow down, hey, don't come to me. Go find an elder, okay? It's their fault, not mine, okay? Maybe my jokes won't get better. Anyway, you can come to me, but you can also go to them. Please do. <laughs> 21. Uh, notice, by the way, just a little, little, little sidebar, you know. Uh, some people sometimes like, oh, the house church is the, is the only biblical well, we, what do we see here in 20? You see, publicly and house to house. The church was public, and there was big group meetings in the early church, but when it became illegal, they went house to house. It's why Bow Down Church, by the way, we have our public Sunday morning, but we have house churches as well because we want to be biblical, okay? We want to be biblical, all right? 21. Testifying to both Jews and Greeks, repentance towards God and a faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. And now, behold, I'm going to Jerusalem, constrained by the Spirit, not knowing what will happen to me there, except that the Holy Spirit testifies to me in every city that imprisonment and afflictions await me. But I do not count my life of any value or as precious to myself. If only I may finish my course and the ministry that I received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of God's grace or the grace of God. Man, can you say that, disciple? That you consider your life worth nothing to you. We live in a day and age where everybody's trying to identify their pronoun. Let me just submit to you, we are called to kill our pronoun in the church. I, I, I have been what? Crucified. So you can identify it all you want. Just make sure you kill it right after. Amen? Amen. All right, 25. And now behold, I know that none of you among whom I've gone about proclaiming the kingdom will see my face again. Therefore, I testify to you this day that I'm innocent of the blood of all. I did not shrink from declaring to you the whole counsel of God. So here we, here we see this again, the whole counsel of God. 
the whole counsel of God. An elder is supposed to have the whole counsel of God where they make decisions from. Verse 28, and this is to the elders. Paul's talking to them as he's leaving. He says, pay careful attention to yourselves and to all the flock. Elders are called to think flock first. Think flock first. Watch yourselves as well, in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers, to care for the church of God. Elders are to care for the church of God, to oversee, which he obtained in his own blood. That brings a seriousness to this call that he obtained in his own blood. Like, this isn't just some position that, oh, I'm willy-nilly about, and I'm just going to take this position in the church. No, he obtained this church with his own blood, and the Holy Spirit puts you, and you need to be very careful to watch yourself and watch the flock of God. Verse 29, why? Because I know that after my departure, fierce wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. He's telling the elders straight to their face, wolves are going to come in among you. Among me, Chris? Yeah, potentially among me, Chris. Among here, again, this is why we need to always not have yes men on the board, but people that will call one another out and say, brother, I believe you're wrong. This is what the word says. Because there is a potential wolf in all of us here. That should have been an amen. If you fell led, were the amen. Excuse me. Nobody's above anything. This is why there's a great fear of the Lord that should be on us as the people of God. This is why if, if you're a lady and you want counseling from me, no. I don't counsel women. You can go find another woman somewhere. Why? Because I set up a fence outside of my fence because I don't want to become another statistic. And if any of the elders see me meeting or counseling with another woman, go tell my wife. She'll hit me. She's, a, she's an Old Testament believer. No. Jesus warned us. He says, be aware. Matthew 7, 15. Wolves, they're going to come in in sheep's clothing. Not sparing the flock of God. You're going to recognize them by their fruits. And so elders are called to be fruit checkers. As people get put into position, we've got to check their fruit, right? This is why Matthew chapter 7, where it says, do not judge or else you'd be judged. It's like the whole church knows that verse, but they never read down to 15, where Jesus says you need to check the fruit on the tree. There's a difference between judging to condemn or judging to protect, and elders are called to judge and protect. Verse 30, Acts chapter 20. And from among your own selves will arise men speaking twisted things to draw away the disciples after them. Again, there is a fear of the Lord on that verse. We can all get off as elders. This is why we need each other. I want you to understand that this church in Ephesus 
got off years later. If in your own time, you can look at Revelation chapter 2, where Jesus actually has to come and rebuke the church in Ephesus because they got off. No church is ever above getting off. In fact, Jesus had to, 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 to rebuke the church in Pergamum and Thyatira as well because they had gotten off. The early church had gotten off. And this is why elders are needed, that we operate under the whole counsel of Scripture. God, this is what you are doing. This is what you are saying, is that this isn't one guy steering the ship here. This is a group of guys submitting to the Holy Spirit and to one another and, and to the Word of God. That's what's happening on the elder board. Does that, does that make sense? Verse 31, Therefore, be alert that for three years I didn't cease night or day to admonish every one of you with tears, and now I commend you to God and to the Word, to the Word of His grace, which is able to give you the inheritance among all those who are sanctified. I coveted no one's silver or gold or apparel. Here's the thing. Our elders, none of our elders get paid at Bow Down, right? They're free labor, okay? Free labor. Except for me, I get paid, but anyway, I'm on staff at Bow Down, so. So I thank you. 34. All the other ones, though, they're getting paid, Okay. 34, you yourselves know that these hands ministered to my necessities and to those who are with me in all things. I've shown you that by working hard in this way, we must help the weak and remember the words of our Lord Jesus, how he himself said is more blessed to give than to receive. And when they had said these things, they knelt down and they prayed with them all. And there was much weeping on the part of all. And they embraced Paul and they kissed him, being sorrowful most of all because the word he spoke. He had spoken that they would not see his face again, and they accompanied him to the ship. And so you see this, this, this heart where there is a weeping, there is a love. The elders loved the apostle Paul for what he had given their life, his, his life to them. And, and, it, and it's our prayer that our elders would walk in that same kind of love and affection as they care for the flock of God that was obtained in the precious blood of Christ. That is the heart of an elder. I want you guys to turn to Hebrews 13.7. Hebrews 13.7. I'm going to give you multiple different uh, verses. You can go at your own time. Uh, but again, this is extremely, extremely important because, again, if you have any issues with the church, uh, it's not just a pastor running the show. There's a group of men, and we're all equal together in our movement, all right? So Hebrews 13, 17, um, this is for you now. So Acts 20 was uh, FYI, but really for the elders uh, that, hey, this is serious here, right? And, but, but this is for you, church. At Hebrews 13, 17, it says, obey your leaders. In the New King James, it says, those who rule over you. Hebrews 13, 17, and submit to them, for they are keeping watch over your souls as those who will have to give an account. Let them do this with joy and not with groaning, for that would be of no advantage to you. So church, okay? 
there is a role that you have to submit and to, and to honor. In fact, if you want another passage as well, First uh, Peter chapter 5, where it says, hey, elders, shepherd the flock that is among you. But it says, you younger, you younger, submit to the older one because God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. And so it's important that the church submits to the leadership and elders. So here's the deal. I don't marry anybody unless they haven't gone through premarital counseling, okay? Don't come to me and say, hey, I'm getting married on this date. Can you do my wedding? No. I guess that wasn't funny. No, we do, we do premarital counseling here because we don't want a train wreck. And neither does God. This is what the elders have set up because we want to ruin your special day. No. Because we want to make sure you guys are aligned. We want to make sure it's just not eros and passion. We want to make sure that you've thought through a budget and what is marriage going to look like and what is kids going to look like. And usually the things people don't ask because they're too busy making out. Amen? (laughs) The elders are supposed to rule well in the church, is supposed to submit to the things that have been set up. I want you to turn to 1 Timothy 5, please. 1 Timothy 5. The first sermon's almost done. We want the church to be edumacated. Look, I'm not setting my own salary, right? The elders do. I don't get a say. I get kicked out of the room when, that, when that's talked about. I don't have any say, and that's important. First Timothy 5.17. Let the elders who rule well. Now, that word rule well is a Greek word which means to lead, manage, or direct. The elder's job is to lead, to manage, and to direct the church of God. That they would be considered worthy of double honor. Now, here's this is a hard thing for a pastor to preach on because it's like, hey, you know, double honor me, right? Um, if you look at um, Romans 13, it talks about uh, politicians, right? They get, they get single honor, right? But the elders, double honor, double honor. So, man, people often say, uh, they look at Africa and there's healing signs and wonders happening a lot in in Africa. Why not here in the United States? This might be one of the reasons. We live in a culture that doesn't honor the position. We live in a culture is, I will honor you if you deserve it. And let me just tell you, that's not the kingdom of God. The Bible doesn't say honor your mother and father if. It says honor your mother and father, period. Whether they're good or bad, that's not, that's not your role. You're not the judge. God is. You honor them, period. And so we live in a culture that disrespects and dishonors pastors. And that's disobeying scripture, by the way. Double honor. 
Well, Chris, it's so easy for you to say. I know, I know it is. <laughs> Please double honor me. It's not for me. Trust me. I did not get into this to get double honor. So here we go. Again, I'm just being faithful to the text here. Especially those who labor in preaching and teaching. For the scripture says, you shall muzzle an ox wood treads out grain. And the laborer deserves his wages. Do not admit a charge. Very important here. Because I get a lot of charges set against me. I don't know if you know that. But you're not even supposed to receive one unless it's confirmed by two or three witnesses. Hey, did you hear about Pastor Chris? Whoa, 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 whoa. Show me the witnesses. You don't have any. Okay, never mind you. I can't disobey Scripture. As for those who persist in sin, rebuke them in the presence of all, meaning that if an elder persists in sin, they're going to be brought up in front of the church, and they're going to be rebuked in front of the presence of all. They're going to be confronted. Why? The elders are called to this, so there's double honor, but there's also double like, oh my gosh. And if, if you guys are, are reconsidering right now. In the presence of all, so that the rest may stand in fear. In the presence of God and of Jesus Christ, and the elect of angels, I charge you with these rules without prejudging. Do nothing from partiality. So this is... Well, we are here. We're an elder-run church. We take this very, very seriously. And so um, I'm going to ask at this time uh, for Al and Angel to come forward. Bill Rodriguez, we onboarded him in the 830 service. And, um, and so Angel um, and Al, if you, if you both can, can come up uh, on stage, please. These are your, your shepherd's staff. Um, you can hit, hit people with them. Um, but, but you can also grab them by the neck here, and you can, you can bring them close, okay? So we used to give out rods, but we lost our rod connection from Africa. So if anybody has a rod connection, let me know. We'll get, get some rods as well. <laughs> Uh, anyway, I'm, uh, it's an honor uh, to welcome you guys uh, to the elder board. Uh, Alec is not here today. Andrew was here at the 830 service. Bill was here at the 830 service. And Rick Merrill was here at the 830 service. So it's just me, guys. All right. But I welcome you to the squad, to the team. And I pray, um, let, 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 I'm going to anoint them with oil. If you could just join with me as I pray over um, Al and Angel. Father, I just anoint angel right now in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Father, I take this oil as well, and I just anoint Al in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. God, I pray that your presence would fall upon these two men. God, I thank you for them. I thank you, God, for... Over more than a decade, probably almost 20 years that I've known Angel, that he has just been a man of honor and integrity, a man that really puts the kingdom of God first, a man whose children just um, are awesome in every way. God, I thank you for his leadership. I thank you, God, for who he is. I thank you that he loves your word, God, and submits to it. 
And I thank you that this is not a light thing, but you have prepared him for such a time as this. And so, God, I pray for your Holy Spirit now just to anoint him, that you would just overwhelm him, God, with a spirit of wisdom and revelation, greater discernment, Father, in Jesus' name. And I also ask, God, for uh, just the ability to speak the truth in love, especially in meetings when we're, we're, we're having hard conversations, God, that your truth would reign in angels' life. And I pray blessings over him and his family. And I just, I just thank you. I thank you for Angel. And we welcome him on the elder board. In Jesus' name. Father, I just thank you for Al. God, I thank you for what we see in his life. A gentleness a sincerity, and also faithfulness, God. God, I thank you for um, just the man that he is as he's, he's served on other elders, elder boards in the past. And, and God, I just thank you for the wisdom that you've given him and that he would use the wisdom and discernment, God, to shepherd this flock here at Bow Down. God, I pray for you to give him just a greater love for your word, God, and also just a greater discernment that he would be led by your spirit, God. And Jesus, we put our, our, our finger on John 10, where you have declared, my sheep know my voice, and a stranger's voice they will not follow. God, that he operates on the elder board following your voice, Jesus, and, 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 and we would be made aware of a stranger's voice coming into uh, this elder board that you have set up. And so, God, I pray that um, we as men would consider others better than ourselves and that we would just humble ourselves before you, God, before your word and before each other. I pray that you would just protect the unity on the elder board, um, that there would just be such love and affection, God, for one another, um, that it would be evident to all. And so, God, I pray, uh, Philippians chapter 2, that we would be of one mind, one mind, that we would have the same attitude that you had, Jesus, that you didn't consider it equality with God a thing to be grasped but you made yourself a servant and you became obedient to death even death on the cross and I pray that that would be our attitude as we talk about a matters that that affect this church and the functioning of the church God and we pray God that we would be people that would would never ever ever grieve you Holy Spirit of God that we would be led by you and so I just commit these two men into this service for the next five years of which they've, they've committed to, and I just thank you for them. We honor them, God, and we bless them now in Jesus' name.
Amen. Thanks for visiting us today. Make sure to check us out online at www.bowdownchurch.com.